Hello and welcome to the Beyond 1% podcast powered by the 1% campaign by Sir Robert McAlpine. This series is all about empowering and inspiring women both on and off site. We will be smashing stereotypes and confronting the realities of building a career in construction as a woman. You'll hear from industry powerhouses as we discuss everything from knowing your rights to getting ahead of the game in a traditionally male-dominated environment. I'm joined by three paradigm-breaking women today with extensive careers in construction. So to my guests, who are you? I am Beth Barron. I am a works manager at a project called Battersea Phase 3A in London, and I work for Sir Robert Calpine. I'm Ellis Nord. I'm a quantity surveyor on the Gateshead Keys project in Gateshead, and I've been doing this job for six years. I'm Jen Gardner, and I run a painting and decorating business for the last four years. Thanks very much, ladies. So today we're looking at addressing construction stereotypes, um, particularly in terms of difficult negotiations, interactions with clients, suppliers, contractors, and I guess for you, Jen, customers. Um, so firstly, open forum, uh, what construction stereotypes have you experienced and do you think they're justified? So basically I'm a, what is an old fashioned sort of site manager, but McAlpine's call it a works manager. And our job is essentially to manage the health and safety on site, the program, and various aspects of quality and just bits of everything really it's sort of quite a general role and I had an incident and basically we'd I've been speaking to him about his health and safety and how he behaved and his attitude he just didn't want to be there didn't want to do the things we were doing and obviously because of COVID-19 the restrictions have become harder and greater and you know constantly having to be talking to people about what they're doing and you know, sh- you know not shouting at people but that is part of what my job is about four or five big burly fellas obviously heard the commotion came running over to be my bouncer and I just thought it could have happened for, for a man as well but I just thought I didn't really want to put them fellas in that position to have to step in and defend me but they were saying things like oh how dare you shout at a woman like that you know knowing that they'd be surrounded by men and that they would that response would be elicited in the men but I was just like what happens now you know it was all rising and rising I was just like where do we go from here <laughs> I, was like, I can't de-escalate this situation I actually did need someone to come in and just sort of get in the way of it I do agree with you when when we have sort of disagreements with uh, subcontract accounts and stuff if there is a disagreement and someone's being particularly sort of angsty towards you the men will sort of shout up and sort of protect you and I don't think other men would do that to other men no, I don't think they would either. I don't think they would. And it's not like, it's not necessarily a negative thing, but sort of you want to be able to handle it yourself. But then sometimes you can't handle it yourself because it is, you know, it's testosterone. And so that that fella did just need to be shown that there was a bigger man in front of him and he couldn't get away with it. And that's what he needed. That would have, that's what stopped that situation. It's not a stereotype to, towards women, but it's like an old fashioned value, isn't it? That quite a lot of men have that they will protect a woman and they'll look after a woman and if they're in the face or the path of aggression from another man. Um, at the moment, I am actually on a build that's part kind of site and there's nothing really nothing really angsty or no aggression Agra, really on site. And because of I'm so fussy, me being the finishing trade, mm-hmm. um, there's a few bits of work that are not up to scratch and I then have to go to the guys that have done it and I'm like, like in the nicest possible way so that their work's a bit crap um Mm. so now today (laughs) and today I've walked in and but you're paying them you shouldn't have to feel (laughs) like that should you well I'm not paying them my clients paying them they're an actual they're from the building company which is Mm. and I'm and I'm private in from the client so you're contracting them um but 
I'm not contacted contracted in by anyone apart from my clients, the house right. owner, the house owner, I mean. Okay. So the guys from the building company are the ones that are doing all the other work, but I'm in there trying to make make it look pretty while they're there. And obviously some of the work really is not to a high standard whatsoever. But it's like I, I, have, I haven't <laughs> I haven't quoted to fix such a mess. So then I've got the awkward conversation with my clients that although it's in the quote, if if anything is more than than it should be, then I've quoted for, then obviously I will be charging extra. And then I've had a, f- a little disagreement with one of the builders and he's kind of keeps being left on site to do everything himself. Like he's doing a bit of plastering, he's doing a bit of bricking, he's doing a bit of woodwork and his woodwork isn't great. So I sort of, uh, I was like, thought it was somebody else that did the woodwork in in the lounge and it was him. And I said, don't let him do that again. He goes, what's wrong with it? And I was like, and he was like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, I did that. And he was, like, he was like, I did that. And then he got the right hump with me. But I was like, sorry, but it's me that's got to put it right. I think that's it, really. I mean, it's, it's part of just being a professional as well and working. But like sometimes people are more sensitive than others. And you kind of have to gauge how you think people are going to be. Whereas, and I think that is quite a, like for me personally, I think that's quite a feminine trait is trying to understand other people's, you know, sensitivities and how they're going to deal with things. And it's probably part of, you know, because I'm a manager, it's part of management as well. Mm. But I do think that I probably think a lot more about it than some of my male counterparts do. Yeah, he's been going through a lot. And he was being stressed, but then he's it's coming out in his work and now I'm the one that's got to fix it. So I was like, you know, when we had a little sort of chat and he said, oh, he's stressed and this, that and the other. But I think guys on site wouldn't do that. Like they wouldn't say, you know, what's going on at home or is everything all right? You say that, but we've got this big campaign about mental health sort of within McAlpine's across the whole construction industry, like this, these big scale jobs like this. There's a big campaign around trying to get men to open up and talk about things. Yeah. And I think they find it easier to talk to a woman just generally, just general chit chat and yeah you know just sort of passing the time than they would with a man necessarily I mean I don't know I'd have to you'd have to ask them and some of my colleagues my male colleagues do get um spoken to and get you know the life stories and this sort of thing but I think that's the kind of person where they tell the life stories to anyone whether <laughs> regardless of gender yeah but no I do, I do agree I, with you I do get little snippets of people's lives that I think I wouldn't have got if I wasn't a woman I agree. Because I think it's not very macho to discuss your feelings with another man, really, is it? Old no. stereotype again. But Yeah, I think they find it a bit like uncomfortable, whereas I think with a woman, yeah. they sort of think, oh, well, you know, this could be my missus or it could be my mum or, you know, somebody they yeah. wouldn't naturally share their things with. They sort of relate to you a bit differently. So I just want to jump in there. You've touched on some couple of little issues that I think which um, address questions. So you'll get a bit more of a chance to chat. So firstly, I want to sort of ask... You've kind of touched on, but I want to get uh, double click a little bit more into that. So, do you think your male colleagues experience the same type and frequency of sort of issues you've sort of touched upon in terms of sort of stereotypes? I think it sort of works both ways, really. I don't know what you what you ladies think, but I guess sometimes I think mm, it's because of a woman, and then sometimes you know you sort of chucked in at the deep end and you're surrounded by men. You're like, <laughs> you just got to get on with it. Sometimes I get asked if I'm making the tea, and I'm like, Ooh, am I? Ooh. Like, I'm like I don't I don't even work for you and I'm not even part of your company. Oh, so you need to, we need to all like, collectively think of a good comeback to that that question. Uh, I've had that for that years. I haven't had that for years. When I first started, because I didn't know anything, 
like people just assume they're like what's this woman doing here <laughs> but now I've obviously got eight years worth of experience and I'm quite competent like nobody really makes those kind of lines anymore because I'm quite in charge well I've got better tools than them so they're I think they know what I'm doing <laughs> yeah okay so clearly there's a lot of stereotypes is, yeah. and not just for women like all over um when you get situations like that when you get thrown in thrown under the bus potentially um how do you how do you manage those situations whether it's a tough interaction i think like you spoke about um beth earlier about your incident was it last week this week um how, how do you manage those situations and how have you sort of evolved your approach to managing them i guess i think for me personally i am not on my own do you know what i mean like i'm not I'm responsible, but I have a team around me and I have a number of, you know, people. So I'm, I manage the basements. So I have all the basement, you know, M&E trade contractors, plant room managers, etc. So if there's something that I can't deal with and I don't know how to deal with, I just give it out to the team and that makes it a hell of a lot easier. And that's why I think like it's quite good that McAlpines have the systems in place and have all the people in place. We have a good setup here. And the, the sort of infuriating thing is that everybody's working from home and you can't go and see them when you have problems. You have to ring them and then it takes like three hours to explain the one thing. But that's essentially what I say is just to remember that you're part of a team and you're not on your own. That's when, when that incident was going on. Obviously, I don't need the lagging supervisor to run over, but it just so happened that he's built like a brick house. And that was that was what I needed at the time. You know, he's not really my team. I just ha- He just happens to be bigger than me. So <laughs> just to always just remember that, you know, you're not on your own and responsible. I mean, you might be because you're the business owner. Mm. But yeah, we are a team here and that's if things are stressful and you don't know how to handle things and someone's, then you have to kind of go, you know, share it with everyone else because it isn't just your problem. When I first started, I was quite a, well, I still am quite quiet, but when, when something aggressive came towards us that I didn't know how to handle, I used to just like back out, like get me out of this situation as quick as possible. But over the years, you learn to be sort of firm and fair. And if you do need that backup, like Beth says, your team's there. So Mm. you're never by yourself. So Mm -hmm. that's what I've sort of found when dealing with difficult situations yeah. over the years. At least you've got backup. I haven't got yeah. anyone. <laughs> yeah. That was going to be the next question. So, Jen, obviously oh. you're in a bit of a different situation. You don't have a huge company behind you. What? How do you, like, I guess when you first entered in this sort of space, what was it like managing these things and how have you sort of evolved and figured out a more practical approach, I'd say? A few texts with the uh, clients to say that the builders really need to start working with me because when I first come on site, when my quote was accepted, my client was very much, oh, the guys are not going to know what to do when a woman's here. Like, I don't think they've seen a woman um, on site before. So I thought, well, I'll bowl in and make a big impression. And um yeah, they've been all right. The client, more often than not, is obviously they have to work from home at the moment in their offices. So they're actually on site majority of the time. So if anything did happen, they'd they'd be there. But as I said, like before when I had a disagreement with one of the one of the builders and his work, he did get the hunt with me and I did sort of think, Oh, you know, what I don't want it to escalate. But I think as well, being being a woman, we can sort of shut something down, turn it like a little bit jokey, <laughs> like to diffuse the situation. Yeah, or just explain what I always find really like, so you know, when you go in and you sort of say something and you realise, oh, that sounds really coded and really cryptic. Why did I say it like that? And then they look at you and you can see that they're a bit tense and then you just think, just tell them what you want. <laughs> just, yeah. just say what you want. Like, you don't need to be all like, you know, hard-assed and professional about it. Just tell them what you want. 
and then to say, look, the reason I'm saying this is, <laughs> yeah. the reason I'm saying it like this is, and I think it's like, it's like, you know, just like the sort of diminishment of pride that I think some t- stereotypically men don't have. They're quite proud, aren't they? Like by nature. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think like the ability to not be so proud could be a female trait or does actually work in my favor quite a lot i've got another question so obviously a lot of this has been about interacting with men so do you find that men or women are more challenging in your role in some of your interactions i personally think there's two types of women in construction the the ones who know how to get what they want they're quite quite forthright get what they want the men are like yep she's one of us and then there's the sort of softer sort of female who's sort of not quite like that and it's quiet I feel like you get one or the other that's just from my personal experience and I feel like the way you interact with them just depends on what kind of personality they are no different to gender it's just the this, their personality and how they deal with the stereotypes on site yeah I think I agree actually I think we've it depends, you know, like you say, it's all just rules. Like people in managerial roles are managers, first yeah. and foremost. That's their job role, regardless of gender. So they're going to manage a situation and they're going to try and get whatever outcome it is that they they want. Exactly. And that's that's how I feel. Like I had a conversation with this guy this morning and eventually he said, yeah, there'll be someone working in there on Friday. And I was like, that's what I wanted you to say. <laughs> you know, that's, I'm, you know, I'm glad we had to spend 15 minutes dancing around the subject, but that's what I wanted you to say. And he was like, I knew it. <laughs> and that's why I said it. I was like, as long as you make it happen, I don't mind. And um, and you just like, I think that's first and foremost. You're you're doing your job role. So like, my job role isn't to manage accounts or uh, you know do the quantifying of numbers because yep. it would be in a terrible state. But um, <laughs> if it was, then it wouldn't necessarily matter your personality. Exactly. But or uh, you know to to paint and decorate, you don't necessarily need to be a strong, bolshy woman. But it's more just you're doing your job role as opposed to the gender role i think yeah. i think yeah, sometimes it just, it, it's it should be irrelevant okay so let's let's keep moving so do you can you think of a time which stands out as one of your greatest um or best triumph or achievement um dealing with a difficult personal situation Ooh, i don't really know maybe the time i turned up to quote and the man was naked <laughs> <laughs> go on how did you get out of that one <laughs> why was he naked um apparently he claimed he was a naturist but i definitely don't think he was so in that situation i sort of thought i had to sort of be sort of like laughy and, and play along as if oh, he's a naturist blah 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 like play along i'm really sorry that happened to you that is absolutely disgusting he actually did it to another female decorator that i know from my town oh wow and he said that the job was actually mine and then after me he went and got the other female decorator around with me I think I'm a little bit soft and I didn't want anything to happen so I sort of laugh it off whereas with her instantly straight away she was like um well I'm not coming in to look until you put some clothes on and that was the difference between us both see I haven't got the I didn't have the guts to actually be like that because I was worried whereas she mm-hmm. she was like that and did what he did what she said whereas with me I I sort of made the situation different like laughing and jokey to try and get out because I didn't know how else to deal with it I mean did he even want his house painting probably not his motive was probably not to get his house decorated no it was definitely for I mean the minute I got outside and in the van I was just like what just happened like I just didn't know what happened just a question on that Jen if you if you were speaking to someone that was new to the industry um, how would you sort of prepare someone for situations like that what advice would you give to (laughs) because they're inevitable (laughs) (laughs) well again I think it's very different to being the working on a big construction site and being sort of 
female sole entrepreneur. And I think obviously that's something that's happened a couple of times within your sort of sphere. So what advice would you give to someone or how would you, how would you approach that differently? I guess as a learning experience. I think if it happened to me again, which I do hope it doesn't, but if it does, I would probably be more like, Mel and be like I'm not actually coming into quote until you actually put some clothes on I'm sorry if that's your your way of life but um it makes me uncomfortable so to not be scared to to say that I think because if I was a bit nervous and I'm a bit soft and I sort of thought or I was too worried about what might happen if I didn't say that when really I think that's exactly the way that you have to be and you have to be firm and say I'm not coming in till you put your clothes on, I'm afraid. Um, mm-hmm. If they want the decorating done badly enough, then they'll go and put some clothes on. Exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. I've got a, got a couple of follow-ups on that. Obviously, um, we'll focus a little bit on your, because you're got a sort of a niche niche role here. So you talked about websites and ratings, et cetera. So obviously, a lot of your business would be people would search and Google or find it. I know you've got your Facebook page. How do you deal with sort of like negative reviews, um, particularly when they're sort of, I guess, unfair reviews, I would say, unfair and negative reviews? Um, I've not really had any, to be honest. Good. <laughs> not, not, uh, yeah, I've not really had any negative reviews, thank God, because all my work, I don't have to do any advertising at all because all mine is through recommendation, really. I get sort of tagged in so many groups and pages and, and things. I get passed around everyone's family and friends, so I'm constantly in work through recommendation, really, or someone's seen me on something or, or found me on something on Google or Facebook. So I don't, yeah, I don't have to advertise. Okay, that's good. I think, I guess, at the end of the day, your work stands out and it's irrespective of the type of person you are. If you do good quality work, you'll get mm-hmm. more and more in the future. So that's, that's yeah, good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I've, not from like clients or anything, or bad recommendations or anything like that, but there, there has been, for a few years, um, there was a lot of male decorators that really was not nice to me over like social media and things like that. So they'd sort of say things but not in the way that it would stop me getting work in the way that it did affect my self-esteem and thought you know what I might as well I might give up but that's because from other male decorators and that and how they were with me okay so that's that's interesting I guess I'm assuming that's because you were sort of a threat to what they're what they were doing their work-wise and that's how they deemed it anyway you know even though that's completely untrue if you were again back if you were giving advice to someone or you were experiencing that um, how would you sort of respond or give advice to manage that? Don't be like Jen and bite back <laughs> because <laughs> I, the situation was, would escalate massively because I would just go <laughs> and just be like, but I, I'd constantly feel like I have to defend myself constantly when really I, I think I should have, I know my worth mm. and, and I know I'm good, I'm good at what I do and I should have just, just ignored it and walked away because I kept spurring them on for more and more abuse. Yeah. Um, and that's think, the internet all over though, isn't it? It's, yeah. So I think I, I should just, um, you, you've either got to be firm and keep, put them in their place and then just walk away. I think because mm-hmm. yeah, don't be like me. <laughs> Sometimes you just, yeah, exactly. If you can't deescalate a situation, then just, just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully it's calmed down now. I think it's probably, Sometimes it goes on in the background. I have people say the odd time, oh, someone sent me a message about you today, um, this, that and the other, and I go, oh, 
Oh, well, <laughs> it's like I'm used to it now. All right, so that's, we'll ask a couple of more questions. We'll start winding up. So this is for all of you. Um, how can we create an equal and inclusive work environment for the future? So we'll start with you, Elise. I just think you just need to normalise the fact that women are here. I don't think yeah. you need to stop. I think we need to stop like focusing on the fact that women are sort of a minority and just sort of make it normal rather than making such a song and dance about how unusual it is for women to be in construction. Yeah. And get the Agreed. message out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to sort of recognise, you know, credit and praise where it's due, but it should be across like genderless rather than I agree, yeah. Specific women and like even I didn't tell anyone that I was gonna come and do this because Neither did I. you just get the groans, don't you? It's like, oh yeah. women in construction again. Are you on about it again? It's like Exactly. Well maybe I am. So <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just you know, you sort of either the you're just doing it. It's your job. Like, I wouldn't get paid if I wasn't doing it. Exactly. I find that you do get women that get offended for anyone that might put an advert up or something that says tradesmen, like, mm. and they and they get offended easily by it. But I doesn't offend me whatsoever. Like, I'll be like, me. I'm here. Or like, I'd comment and say, you know, I'm a trade, you know, tradesperson not a trade man does that matter it's just like a bit of ignorance though isn't it from a customer base surely i think what the the stem academies are doing from because when i first heard about it i thought from the age of 14 i was like crikey who knows what they want to do from the age of 14 but i think it's more just they're tailoring the qualifications that they'll get and i actually think it's quite a good idea i'd like to see it going Mm -hmm. to schools younger with primary school children because a few friends of mine and we've been around schools and things and we've had little girls as young as five be like i want to build stuff and things like that so i don't think exactly like you said before but that it should be genderless it shouldn't be i i'm a female decorator i'm just a decorator you know. Mm. Okay, so that's that's a good point to move move on to the next point, which is how would you or what advice would you give to a graduating high school um, girl that wants to go into construction? Uh, I mean, to be honest, like I got into it late on anyway. I did. I had another career to be like a social worker, um, and then came from that into this because I didn't really particularly enjoy that and didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. So I kind of had a big career change. I'd, I just I think like in life you probably should do quite a few jobs I don't necessarily think that you know construction be should be your sole career for your entire life I don't think any job should be mm. so I would say try a few things and then see where you go and if those things are trades or are you know sort of like you say like the sort of wider sphere of construction like it could be working in production or in um like theater or you know some element of building things and putting things together and seeing if you like it to then see if you want to get into construction for your career because you you get a lot of complaints as well from other companies or you know people just come pop out of uni and then expect to go around bossing everyone and telling them what to do because they've got a construction management degree and they've been doing it for three years but you need to like build yourself up to be a construction manager because it takes yeah, management is one thing, construction is another thing, and you've got to merge the two, and that's it doesn't just happen overnight. And I think for a 16-year-old, you should go and see little things of what you want to do. And if they are construction, brilliant. But if they're not, then that's part of what you're doing also to contribute to the end end goal. So. I certainly, for a minute, didn't think that I was going to be a painter and decorator, and I left it late like you. It wasn't something that I started from young or school or anything. I was mm. actually 30 when I went back to college and retrained in P&D. When I was actually younger, when I was about 23, 
I did start a uni degree in um, design and spatial design because I wanted to go more towards um, interior design and architecture mm. kind of things. Um, but then being a single parent, it kind of it stopped everything. So I just had to work whatever job in between then and 30 before I was like, I really want to get back into sort of design and the architecture side went to the college that actually discontinued the AutoCAD course that I was actually about to start and I said well what am I going to do what am I going to do now then what else have you got and they said we've got P&D and I just went fine (laughs) (laughs) and I just did it but like I've got a daughter I've got a 15 year old daughter and, and she sees how hard I work and what I do and she tells her friend my son's got friends that are girls and they see what I do and how hard I work mm. and sort of they tell their mums and their friends and things like that and I think that like what you said experience maybe something an array of different jobs before mm-hmm. you sort of decide what what you want to do unless you've been brought up with it like you know you follow your mum or dad's footsteps in a family business of plumbers or electricians or whatever then mm-hmm. then yeah but definitely experience a few different things first before getting into it because I don't think my back's gonna last much longer either mm. <laughs> anything to add no I would just say go for it um just if just the fact you're a girl won't won't make you any better or any worse than anyone else so just just do it if that's what you want to do well said so last question to you all What's your favourite part of your job or working construction? I like the uh, daily variety and the challenges and you never get the same challenge twice and you work in teams and your team changes every couple of years. So in theory, it's a bit like having a new job every couple of years. Yeah. So you don't have to actually go looking for another job. So that's what I love about it most. I like that. And it's taken me years to realise this, but essentially it's a big to-do list and you just take everything <laughs> off your to-do list and once it's done it's done and you can forget about it and that's you know and then you move on to the next thing and that's and it's so satisfying sometimes it's very satisfying sometimes it's very disappointing but that's that's what I like about it is the satisfaction of having completed something and then that's a, that bit's over no matter how stressful or easy it was that bit's over and you're on to the next yeah that's kind of like mine but with me it's like the end result of when uh-huh. it started off being a building site or just everything new you know new plastered walls new wood new and totally mm. bare and then I bring all the color and the life yeah. and, and everything in it and it's my finish what they're going to be looking at it's um, always like that joke isn't it where you know you sort of if your dad was a builder you know he's a builder because every time he walks past a building he goes I worked on that yeah but I do exactly <laughs> that is part thing. of satisfaction though yeah it's part of the satisfaction yeah yeah I go past and go see, I've done that house see that big house there I've done that and now yeah. the, kids, the kids have started to do it as well now and they go my mum did that house oh, that's lovely though it is it's a legacy isn't it really I mean it's it sounds a bit grand and whatever but a year after finishing my first job I was still telling people and take specifically taking there to show them yeah. I did the quality checking on those tiles uh, <laughs> I think for me every day is like groundhog day because every job because I'm doing the same thing you know I'm prepping woodwork I'm painting ceilings I'm doing the same thing but if it's a different client every time it, you know every week might be a different client every month a few different clients and it's sometimes I have a couple on at the same time and I 
waft from one to the other and mm. and it's it's nice to have that have that change and to work for someone someone new like every every month Great. well thanks for sharing ladies that's all we have time for today um, a big thank you to beth jen and ellis for sharing their experiences and insights with us for more information on the topics we've discussed, please visit srm.com slash 1% campaign. If you're looking to start a career in construction, head to srm.com slash start hyphen your hyphen career. And finally, please tweet us at wearemacalpine. Join us next time as we chat to more talented women about their journeys in construction. Until then, thank you for listening.